worship the Lord. Amen. We want to have our ushers come. We want to remind everyone um, about the events that are happening this coming weekend. We got a ladies' events uh, this Saturday at 10.30, right? What is it? Coffee, crumpets, cornbread, something like that. Get a whole smorgasbord of things. Uh, 10.30 this Saturday morning at, uh, at Sister Pearl's house. Uh, so if you need more information, you can check online at our uh, digital bulletin online or talk with my wife. Um, this coming Monday, we've got uh, a men's event, uh, the barbecue and, and Bible, uh, Monday at 6.30. Amen. Brother Buck's always excited about that. You can always count on him there. Amen. And so uh, mind keep those... Uh, in your mind what's happening. Um, next Thursday, we will not have service because uh, next week begins our general conference that is happening in Indianapolis. Uh, so uh, especially next Thursday night is when our general superintendent will be speaking. Amen. So it will be a good time to tune into that. It, it starts Tuesday night, so you can check on Facebook online and, and start watching the events. The services beginning Tuesday night, but uh, Thursday is our general superintendent, so we can uh, be sure to watch that uh, from your home. Amen. Then we'll kick back into our regular scheduled uh, services. So let's uh, be connected to not just this body here, but also the, the, the body that's connected all around the world, the body of Christ. I know we speak a lot about our body here, but really we're just a small member, a part of the worldwide church. Amen. And so it's great to be connected uh, and to follow what our, our leader's doing. Amen. So we want to continue to pray for those that are not here, that are out traveling or sick, uh, that you would lift them up. Brother Rudd uh, asked for prayer for his mother, um, for healing and salvation. Um, and so let's continue to keep uh, Sister uh, Carolyn in prayer. Amen. Sister Nancy, all of those that are out. Amen, that need a touch. And if you need to touch or know somebody, man, let's lift them up before the Lord together right now. Let's go before him in prayer. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, God, again for this time we can come and gather together, Lord, in your presence. We thank you for your many blessings you've poured out, God. We ask you, Lord, to touch these needs, Lord, that are spoken tonight, God, and many that are not spoken, God, but you know and you're aware of the need, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over their binds, their bodies, their homes. By your stripes we are healed. We're claiming and believing for a healing and a miracle in people's lives that you can do it God you're able to do it we ask you Lord to bless this offering tonight multiply it for your kingdom and bless the service tonight in Jesus name we pray amen amen let's come and give unto the Lord tonight and kids church can be dismissed
those of us that are here, we can go before the word of the Lord tonight in the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew 15, we'll read two verses, starting with verse 10. Man, the, Jesus uh, said, he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Amen. So I want to talk to you tonight uh, from this title, The Core. The Core. Turn to a few people, greet them before you're seated tonight. Amen. Uh, studies, studies have shown that um, that apparently winning the lottery does not make you happier or healthier. Now I'm going to confess they haven't asked me that yet. Uh, I, I maybe I can. I think I can beat defy the odds. Um, they give me a lot large sum of money. They can ask me later how I feel, but. Um, Supposedly, many of these studies say this. Um, studies found that instead of getting people out of financial trouble, winning the lottery often got people into more trouble, which it's, it's mind-boggling, but I guess if you're not good with a little money, then you're not really not going to be good with a lot of money. Uh, and so uh, bankruptcy rate soars for lottery winners uh, three to five years after winning lo- the lottery. Um, John Whitaker won $315 million in 2002, and he said, I wish that I had, uh, that we had torn the ticket up. Since winning uh, the lottery, his daughter and granddaughter died of drug overdoses. A, a financial uh, consultant to lottery winners says many winners struggle with suicide, depression, and divorce. It's the curse of the lottery because it made their lives worse instead of improving them. In fact, about 70% of people who win the lottery or get big windfall actually end up broke in a few years. That, that, uh, that's really unbelievable, isn't it? And yet millions upon millions of people are buying tickets every week. There's always that one in the gas line that just holds up the whole line because they have to turn in their tickets or buy more. Uh, And so because they're hoping for their chance and their opportunity to win that chunk of, of money because they think that all that money is going to make them happier. And, uh, you know, we, we struggle with that and thinking, how can it not? But uh, take it from the, the, the life experience of many that have, uh, apparently it's not as good as they make it sound out to be. Uh, but there is a pretty common belief that uh, differentiates between happiness and joy. 
Happiness is based on circumstances. Happiness can be based on what kind of car you drive and what kind of size of the house that you have or, or the decor of things, expensive gifts and fancy foods and all kinds of uh, lavish events can bring a happiness, but it, it seems to be a temporary happiness uh, because they're not always there and they fade away. Uh, there are many people who have those things that are even taken away, uh, but joy is something different. Joy comes from within. It comes from the inside of our soul, inside of our being. It comes from within our core, and, and this thing that comes from the inside uh, transcends uh, what happens to us around us because we can have joy and be dirt poor. Because we're not focused on the temporary and we're not caught up in the here and now. But uh, our hearts, our true heart's desire is for something that is lasting. Something that endures. Something that stands the test of time. And that is where real joy and real happiness can be found. Is something that does not perish or easily diminish. Uh, that's why we can pursue all of these things in our life and want the finest of all these things, but they, uh, they sadly, they have an expiration date, but uh, come towards the end of your life, the things that is most important to you is the things you cannot buy, and that is family, right? Family, you can have all the money in the world, but if, if you don't have family, I, I would say you're missing something uh, that is that is genuine and that... Uh, is worth more than uh, any amount of money. And so the psalmist said in, in Psalm 16, it says, But to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all, thy, is all my delight, their sorrows shall be multiplied that, ha- that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. Next verse, sorry, my, my screen here is just decided to pause. Next verse. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. Uh, the lines are fallen unto me, and in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in night lessons. Um, And I have set the Lord before me always because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Uh, That to me kind of sounds a little bit like winning the lottery. Uh, That sounds like the one thing that everybody is searching for, and it's found right here, that we have found it here in the presence of God. We didn't have to purchase any tickets to get in. Uh, we just come and gather together as the body of Christ, and His presence moves in this place and, and sweeps over us, and that's 
the best thing for us in our soul is that we get to experience something that is lasting and that's something that money cannot purchase. You see, in the kingdom of God, everyone is a winner. Everyone is a winner. Whosoever will is a winner. We are all winners in here, and it didn't cost us any kind of money. All we had to do was turn from our old wicked life and turn to Jesus Christ and repent of our sins and and get buried with him in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And uh, that promise, that is the winning ticket right there. And that gift that we experience is available to everybody, as Acts 2.39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so uh, I think that God is still calling people to come to him even in 2023. And so if he is still calling people, then the gift of the Holy Ghost is still available to every single one that desires it. Amen. And I'm thankful that we have experienced that and have found that winning uh, lottery ticket uh, that that brings us true happiness and a true joy inside uh, our soul. And if, we, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, amen, then uh, that is one thing you can do uh, to draw closer to him because we have to be buried in the waters of baptism, as the Bible says, calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name, as everyone is baptized, and so that's when our sins are washed away and we become a, a, a new person in Christ. Every sin, every trespass, every reproach, every mistake is all covered by the blood of Jesus. And then we get a new start, a fresh start in this, uh, in this life that God has given us as we are a new creature in Christ uh, it's, it really is uh, uh, an amazing experience, uh, and there's nothing like it, and there's no amount of money that you can trade for that. Um, as people who win the lottery, obviously they uh, think they're, they're starting a new life. Well, you're just, you're just buying nicer possessions, and yeah, you began a new life, but is it really lasting, and how fulfilling really is it? I'm thankful that I can always count on Jesus Christ, that he's always going to be there. He's never going to leave me or forsake me, that he'll always know and meet my needs, and, and he'll always uh, encourage me when I can't be encouraged by others. Uh, there's no one like Jesus, amen, and so uh, we thought we had it all until we had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's in Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are we saved, and hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so now, after we've been born again, of the water and of the spirit, we begin entering into this new realm, a new dimension, a new life in Christ that we can't have access to in the natural world or, or, or from our, our natural being because it is you have to be uh, born of the spirit because that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so you can't get to the spiritual places, the heavenly places, unless you have that uh, spiritual access card, and that is the Holy Ghost. 
And so now we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All the money in the world can't buy a seat in the heavens. I know Elon Musk is really trying to disprove that as he is uh, on, on a mission to uh, space and beyond. Uh, but all the money that goes into launching uh, the SpaceX rockets uh, to go into orbit and, and beyond, all of that money, uh, it's only a temporary because eventually it all has to come back and they got to start over. And it, it only lasts for so long. There's only so much oxygen and everything has to come back and start all over. So it may be a, a temporary experience or a temporary happiness, but it's not going to be... Uh, have the fullness and fulfillment that Jesus Christ can uh, put and and change our heart and change our soul. Uh, And so no matter how much it costs to go into space, you cannot buy the ticket that gets you to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That ticket is free, but it costs us uh, giving up our old life giving up our will, giving up our kingdom, giving up our desires, and, and submitting to the will of God and the word of God, and, and Jesus will lead you to places that we cannot get to with our pocketbooks. It's amazing, though, even though data and reports say that uh, winning the lottery really doesn't uh, make you happier, once you have a, a greater chance of ending up worse off, uh, than you are now, still people line up and are hoping for their chance to get that ticket. And uh, you know what they say, they say uh, 70% of lottery winners end up bankrupt, but uh, it's going to be different for me. Even though that's a high percentage, uh, I'm going to prove that I'm going to be a part of the 30% uh, as they line up to buy their tickets. Uh, and so... Uh, what else has a similar sales pitch is is the the lust and the desires of sin that well you I, I I won't end up like that person ended up like I won't go as far as they want went or I won't ever uh, go to that depth that they went to I I can handle it I can control it, and I can quit when I want and I'm sure every addict has said that, and uh, sin has a season, a, a time of pleasure, but then comes the payment, then, then comes the, uh, uh, the piper, you got to pay the piper, and when the, that grip comes and that stronghold gets a hold of your life, sin has the same effect on everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, or how much money you have, sin has a 100% chance of winning against uh, humanity because the wages as the Bible says the wages of sin is death Uh, and so we are all uh, appointed once to die and so we cannot escape that but the gift of God is eternal light there is a way out of the grips of sin but that comes through repentance and that comes through dying out to our sin and that comes through the waters of baptism and receiving uh, the resurrection through the spirit of God that can give you and lead you to a different life than what this world has to offer and I'm thankful for the obedience of the word of God to be able to understand and know what we need to do 
to escape that, that path of life that we used to uh, be walking down. Aren't you thankful that you answered the call, that you found a, a place that preaches the truth and uh, that you responded and were obedient and whatever the cost was, whatever the sacrifice that had to be made, we know it was well worth it to give it up. And in fact, I think if we polled everybody in church they would probably say, I wish I had a, did this earlier in life. That's, that's how much of a blessing it is uh, and uh, how much joy it brings to our soul and a surety to our soul that uh, there is nothing like, there is nothing like the presence of God and having Jesus uh, with us and hold our hand through uh, every day. Uh, especially this crazy world as we live in, in 2023, and it, it's getting crazier and crazier out there. But I'm thankful that I have somebody to hold on to, somebody to comfort my soul, somebody to speak peace into my spirit, a peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, the world is, is going up in turmoil and flames, but how can we ha be at rest in our soul and at, at peace in our soul? I'll tell you, it's only by the Spirit of God that we can do that because without the hope of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. And I'm thankful that we can lean upon Him, amen, and upon His presence. Man, so many people believe that if I can just get this thing or if I can achieve this or, or grab a hold of this and, and, or get that in my life, my life will be so much better. If I have this, I'll be so much happier and so much better off. And uh, that is true, but that only accounts, uh, is only really true when you apply that to Jesus Christ. If you just have Jesus, everything will be better. But we're so caught up, people are so caught up in the world and possessions and materialism and all these things that uh, we, we, we think that that is uh, the, the fix for our issues and uh, our lack of joy and lack of happiness, but really it's just a band-aid on a, a deeper a wound in our spirit that can only be repaired by uh, the power of Jesus Christ coming into us, and so that really is the only answer, uh, and so uh, we, if that was the case, that having the next thing or having more money was was really the answer, then all the millionaires and billionaires would be the kindest and most compassionate people out there. They would be the nicest people on the earth. They would be the happiest. There would be no problems in their life. They wouldn't be. Get, they wouldn't get divorced. They'd have the picture perfect life and kids and families and all these things. But sadly, how is it that people that have lots of money end up addicted to drugs, or how is it that millionaires commit suicide? How is it that they get divorced? And if if money really is the answer, uh, because they have the best surroundings that money can buy. And yet there's still something missing on the inside. Why aren't they happy? Where is the joy in their life? And, and why do they end their life sooner than what it should be? Why do they uh, have memberships to the drug rehab facilities? And why are they getting divorced every few years? And I thought that if you change your surroundings, it's going to have an impact on your heart and change your life. 
I thought that you can buy the newest and best things and it, it helps change your heart and change your life from the inside. I, I thought that if I finally bought that new house in that nice neighborhood and paid all those nice HOA fees and taxes, that that would fix all my problems. That all my surroundings and my, my issues would go away. It fixed my marriage and fixed my family. And yet, it seems like winning the lottery still won't even do that. Because the rich people still have those problems. But it may provide some temporary happiness, but it doesn't have a lasting impact, does it? Your surroundings doesn't have an ability uh, to impact your soul like many people think it does. Because Jesus addressed this very issue in our text. He says, uh, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. And so Israel was under the false assumption that if you would eat unclean food, it would defile you. But God established the laws in the Old Testament that if you touch this, it will make you unclean. And if you eat this type of animal or food, it will make you unclean. And, and those obviously were laws that were established. But So Israel believed that maybe somehow it was the food that actually defiled the person. That it was the surroundings that impacted the soul, that... That is why the self-righteous Pharisees could not believe that Jesus, who he was professing who he was, they could not believe that he would hang out with publicans and sinners because they were thinking that that's going to defile you. Your surroundings are going to defile you. What's on the outside is going to uh, eat away and and. Uh, deteriorate your soul the Pharisees would not go near any of those people because they thought that the sinner would have an impact on their soul but as far as we know that Jesus uh, was near sinners he sat with them he ate with them he was around sinners all the time but as far as we know Jesus never became a sinner his surroundings was filled with the lame and the deaf and the dumb and the sick, yet Jesus was, never got sick. The lepers that Jesus healed didn't make him a leper. When Jesus was near to those who were possessed with the devils, Jesus did not become possessed because your surroundings don't have the, the power to impact your soul because your core being comes from, from a power from another world that what, what we have on the inside is stronger than the outside because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Uh, and so if we have the Holy Ghost inside of us, our surroundings don't have, doesn't have an impact on our soul because we have a greater power in our core than, that, than what has on the outside of us and what is surrounding us. Jesus said that the food that you eat that you put in your mouth is not going to defile you. But what comes out of your mouth defiles you. And so if the food that you eat can't defile you and that, that can't make you, then it can't make you better either. And so those cookies and ice cream how they taste so good uh, it does have the power to kill your body, but it does not have the power to kill your soul. It'll just help deliver your soul to Jesus a lot sooner. 
which may not be a bad thing. So it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you, Jesus says. It's not the outside has an effect on the inside. It's what's on the inside that comes out. That's what defiles somebody. So uh, a new car is not going to give you a desire to serve God. A new job will not give you a desire to read more of the Word. A new house won't make you pray more. A new surrounding will not make you more faithful. Actually, it may become more of a stumbling block uh, to keep people out because you're out enjoying all these new things and you don't got time for God anymore, right? When we have nothing, we have all the time for the Lord, but when, I, when things come into our life, it can easily become a, a stumbling block and all of a sudden people aren't here anymore. Uh, so your surroundings don't have the power to defile you or make you a better person. So uh, we just like to think that they do. And millions of people pursue those things all of their life. And when they finally attain those possessions and finally get those nicer things that they so desperately thought that they needed, it doesn't have the impact like they imagined they would. Because our imagination can really build up a whole life. In our mind, that's really not based in reality because it's imagination. And then once those things actually transpire, it may not even end up like our imagination. And so then we're, we're disappointed because we created this false reality in our mind that it doesn't even meet up with uh, real life. And so we, we, we're, we get disappointed or people get disappointed. And so... Uh, the winning lottery ticket bought them a new house and a new life, but it can't really buy you a new heart, can it? Because it's not about the haves and haves not. It's, all, it's always about the inside, the core. It's about our heart. And Jeremiah 17 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so our heart is the problem, not our car. Our heart is the problem, not our house. Our heart is the problem, not our surroundings. Uh, the, our core is the issue, not what, what is happening in the news headlines every day. And so everything that comes out of the mouth, everything that comes out of our heart, everything that comes out of our core, that really determines who we are and how much uh, we are impacted and affected by what is going on. And so our heart defiles us. And so if we have a wicked heart, we're going to do wicked things. If I have a wicked heart and I have $100 million and I have a new car and a new house, guess what? I'm probably going to do wicked things. Because our surroundings really don't have that impact on our core, on our soul, uh, because it's, it, it, everything stems from the inside and, and, and comes out. So, Pastor, are you saying that if my surroundings won't have an impact on me, then I can go and hang out at the bar and I can go hang out with sinners and I won't be impacted? Uh, I, I'm saying that if you had a heart that sought after God, if you had a heart that uh, was hungry for righteousness and godliness, why would you want to go hang out at the bar? Why would you want to go hang out at those places? If you're trying to prove a point, then you're really, there's something in the core that's already messed up. And so, of course, you would come back and say, aha, look what happened. Well, uh, what, what is your core in the right place in the first place? Uh, because uh, what comes into, a, into a, 
the mouth is not going to defile somebody. So what the outside uh, can't really have an impact on our soul uh, because it's our core that determines our bearings and who we are as a person and our actions and, and, and all of those things. And so if our inside is messed up, of course, our surroundings are going to be messed up. But if our inside is right, then obviously our surroundings will, will, will be right. But even though, even if, if our inside is right and all of a sudden the weather changes and the outside becomes turmoil, that still doesn't make my inside turmoil, right? As long as you keep, keep everything right on the inside and keep that uh, uh, connection with Jesus, if you have that right relationship with God, the, the storms are going to come in life, but we have an anchor inside of our soul, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And so and things may be going crazy on the outside, but I'm going to be holding on in my core being, and I'm not going to be shaken from the, the winds of this world because I know that I'm standing on something solid on the inside that Jesus has a hold of my soul. He has a hold of my heart and my life, and, and this world might try to shake me, but I, I'm in the hands of, of a Almighty God, and everything's going to be okay. The psalmist says in, in Psalm 42, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now, if that really truly is our soul's desire and passion, then whatever is happening outside our surroundings is, is not going to uh, affect us too much, is it? If our soul is panting after the Lord, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My, my tears have been my meat day and night, and while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God in the voice of joy and praise, and with a multitude that kept holy day why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So when my surroundings change, that shouldn't change my desire for God. That shouldn't change my desire to go to church. Surroundings, they come and go. Feelings, they come and go. Emotions are always up and down, but that should not impact my desire for God. That should not change if I'm going to go to church or not. No, I got to go there because my core is calling me to the presence of God. Uh, possessions may come and go, but hey, Jesus is always going to be there no matter what and that doesn't mean my praise is going to come and go that my worship is going to change with the wind no it's not going to be based on my surroundings my praise and worship is going to come from my my core and my from my heart and so either it's in there or it's not either I'm a worshiper in my core or I'm not or I'm a fair weathered worshiper or a fair weathered praiser whenever Things are going good. That's when I'm going to praise God. Well, that means your praise and worship is based on your surroundings. Because if it's based on your core, it doesn't matter how dark the day is. You're still opening the windows and you're still praying to the Lord three times a day. And you're still looking towards Jerusalem. No matter if the furnace is turned up or how hot it gets, you're not afraid of the furnace because your soul and your core is being connected to Almighty God. And, and nothing around you is going to have an impact or try to take that from you. The musicians, if you would come. And so... The sooner that we realize or understand that 
My surroundings don't have the power to alter my soul or my heart for the good or the bad. The sooner that I realize that, that I'm saved from my surroundings, that saving me from having to worry, saving me from, from the anxiety and heartache and trouble, yeah, we get bad news, and yeah, we can start thinking ahead and, and start living in tomorrow when well, God's not there yet. He's, he's only here in today. What happens when we worry too much? We're living in tomorrow when God's only given us grace for today. And so we're, 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 we're getting way ahead of God, and we're causing ourselves so much pain and worry uh, because we're living uh, in the future, and God's... Today is the here and now, and this is what he's called us to live in. The future can rob us of today, and our past can rob us of our effectiveness today. Uh, and so, yeah, things are going to change, but we got to stay in the here and now. We got to stay in the present. We got to get in the presence of God and, and let God worry about tomorrow. We could be worrying about tomorrow uh, so long that we don't even face tomorrow. Tonight may be the night that God says, let's go home. And then we're, we spend so much mental time and age and life worrying about something that may never even happen. And so our surroundings should not be dictating to us whether we're happy or whether we're joyful or not. Because that should be coming from our core no matter what's happening around us. In His presence is fullness of joy. Uh, and so don't uh, lead me to the newest thing, but lead me to the paths of righteousness. Uh, sales and specials are, are not where we need to go, but we need to get into his presence because that's what really is going to satisfy our soul and our desire like nothing else this world can provide. Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. See, you don't have to worry about the fowler or the pestilence because if you're in the secret place with God, he's going to deliver you from all that. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He shall cover thee with his feathers and from under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. No need to fear our surroundings. No need to put my hope or trust in those things. Why? Because I have him. He's in my core. He's in my inside of me. He's got a hold of my soul. He is my refuge and my strength, and in him will I trust. And my surroundings are not my provider. He is my provider. Where I'm lacking in things, God will make up for those things. Because when I am weak, that's when he's going to be strong. When I'm little in faith, that's when he's going to reach out and say, here, here's a little bit of extra faith to help you out. When I'm low in spirit, that's when he's going to lift us up. And hey, here's, a, here's, a, the, here's some joy for that spirit of heaviness. And, and so whatever we are lacking in, God will make up for it in the end. But it's got to be, in, it's got to come from the core. It's got to come from the outside because the external is not going to provide and make up our shortfalls. 
If anything, what our exter- the external does is it tries to magnify uh, how delinquent we are, how, what we're missing. That's what the, the world is going to point at. Look how, look how uh, much of a failure, failure you are. Look how, look, how much you, uh, look how bad you are. Look at all the mistakes you made. They, they don't, they don't, they're not trying to make up the difference. They're trying to exaggerate the difference. Uh, and so, uh, but, but having Jesus Christ at the core of our being and our faith on, on his word, that is what's going to help us to stand through whatever, uh, our surroundings come and, and come and go and, 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 and splash upon us like the waves and the winds. Our, our house is, is built on a solid rock. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And I'm thankful that we can stand upon that and know that we're not going to waver. We're not going to be moved. We're going to stand firm in our belief in the truth of the word of God. And, and whatever happens around us, God's got a hold of us. Amen. You stand with me tonight. Job was a man who saw his surroundings drastically change. And the average person probably would not have survived that. The average person would have cursed God and he would have been knocked out, I'm sure, and, 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 and nothing would have been written about that person. But Job's surroundings changed so drastically from having everything to having nothing, all in a matter of a day. And he illustrates to us just how vital it is to have the right core because it was his core that got him through the rest of the book. It was his core that kept him from cursing God and dying. It was his core, his, 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 his hold on the Lord and his word that he knew that I'm just going to hold on to this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sin in all this. I'm going to make sure I have the right attitude and the right spirit. No matter what happens around me, I'm going to hold on to this. Even Job's wife told Job, enough is enough, Job. But, but Job, he determined that, hey, I know deep down inside of me, he knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I'm going to come forth as gold. And so he went from the mountaintop to the deepest, darkest valley in a matter of moments. And at the lowest point of his life, after losing everything and everyone, there was Job left all alone. And what does Job say? says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That, that came from his core. And what came out of him is, is it, it shows exactly who he was by that statement early in the book of Job uh, where he said that. So quit worrying about what you have or don't have. What we need to make sure we have in 2023 is a hold of Jesus Christ. Uh, because this world's going to go crazier and crazier by the week and day. And if we aren't settled inside, if our core is not committed to Jesus Christ, we're going to get tossed to and fro with everybody else out in the world. But we're going to stand firm in these last days and say, I've got a hold of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to be swayed, but I'm confident and I, and I know who I am. 
that I have this hope, I have this anchor of my soul, and that is Jesus Christ, that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us because we have a hold of Him. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Why don't we go close our eyes and begin to worship Him and thank Him, Lord, we need you now more than ever before. Help us, God, to focus on you, Jesus, in these last days. We need you more, Jesus. We need to get a hold of you more. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We can get our bearings in you, Jesus. The world may try to shake us. We got a hold of you.
that's founded in you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of, not of us. There's something inside this vessel. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. How can that be? We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. The only way he can say that is if he has something on the core, on the inside, that he knows no matter what's happening around us, it's not going to cast us down. It's not going to destroy us because we have something greater on the inside than what's on the outside. Amen. So the more we uh, allow our core to be exposed to Jesus, the stronger that we become on the inside and the greater we can stand and withstand against whatever happens around us. Amen. I'm thankful for Jesus and his word, for the Holy Ghost. Amen. That gives us that core that we can lean upon. Amen. That strong tower. Amen. God bless you.